Welcome to the inaugural episode. We're sitting here today with Mike Broadwater, who's the superintendent of the Loveland School District. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Nick. Good. Hey, so this entire podcast, look, let's just be transparent about it. We have sure. a levy coming up. We do. And it's a pretty major levy. It is. So right now you're coming off two failed levies. Uh-huh. So why is this one different? Well, first of all, uh, I wasn't there for the first two. Uh, I'm new. This is my uh, starting my second year, and we've got a completely, pretty much a completely different board of education. And so you're looking at priorities. And we went through the strategic vision process last year to determine what is it that the community wants. So I think we've really worked very hard to try and listen to the community, uh, give them the opportunity to come in. But in terms of why it's different, it, it's uh, if you look at it monetarily, it's less. It's 4.9 mils. The previous two were, were much higher. Uh, and so we're coming out few years later and it's still lower we're what we're trying to do is just keep doing the excellent work we're doing we just got five out of five on the report card and so we just want to keep doing it that's awesome now i have no idea what a mills is <laughs> and i've been embarrassed to say that to yep. like anyone so we sit around i'm like yeah a million right, right what the right. heck is a mills well it's a difficult uh, conversation and it's unfortunate that is that difficult but uh you're looking at basically uh, 35% is how the, you determine a mill, and it's based on assessed valuation. Uh, every district, a mill, um, depending on the assessed valuation, could mean something different. So we have a 4.9 mil levy here. Uh, you have a neighboring district, Kings, has a 6.4 mil levy. What a mill generates will be different for each district. Okay. So that's why it's a little bit um, more difficult to explain. For us, Nick, the easiest way I can explain it is because we have about a billion dollars in assessed valuation, a mill for us generates a million dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 4.9 mills means 4.9 million plus minus, but approximately. Uh, and there's there's a calculation that you can do, and uh, I've got something on our website that shows how to do it. But I think to keep it simple here, uh, we could say a mill in, a Love, in Loveland City Schools means a million of revenue. Okay, cool. Now that million of revenue with this levy is coming out of, is it property, income tax? Where is this coming out of for the citizen? For right, the it's, uh, it's property tax. If you look at Loveland, uh, the beautiful part of Loveland is it's pretty much a bedroom community, right? We mm-hmm. we don't have all the industrial parkways. We don't have a lot of businesses, and that's why it's a great place to live, and people love being here in the community. Sure. The drawback is we don't have a lot of businesses, right? And so property tax uh, from the community basically makes up 91% of our revenues for the school district. So as the superintendent, it's my responsibility to work to keep the millage as low as possible to just to maintain because there is a there is a pretty heavy reliance on uh, homeowner property Mm -hmm. uh, taxes but it's all property taxes very little business here now at the end of the day that that four million dollar amount seems like a pretty hefty sum because for me i don't make four million dollars it seems like a lot of money right so what does that mean for the average resident i guess if it's property tax is it based off the value of the house how does that work for in terms of how much i am personally yeah uh it's a great question it it's uh it's another one it's like the mill question it's you can go forever and ever to explain it there's house bill 920 maybe we'll get into a little bit later but uh once the levy passes and it's assessed the school district will not see any additional revenue from that so let's say it passes uh this november of 22 you could look down the road in november of 2030 and the district will still be receiving the same same revenue from this levy and therein lies the issue that's the problem is 
there's no inflationary adjustment in the school funding for the state of Ohio. I don't know if you know this or not, Nick, but the state of Ohio is the only state that does not have an inflationary adjustment in the state funding model. So that means you have to go back and reassess every couple of years then? You, for the school district, you have to go back. Uh, you try and push it as long as you can, but you're going to have to have a levy at some point just to operate because you don't have that inflationary adjustment. Oh, wow. So your, your revenues are you know, stagnant. Uh, I say it's a fixed income. I hate to say that, but that's basically what we are. We're on a fixed income until a levy passes. And so you try and be as frugal as possible, but also offer excellent uh, programming for our kids. And I think I think we're in a sweet spot right now. I always say we get a pretty good bang for our buck here in Loveland. Um, but uh, this, this, one, this one's an important one just to keep maintaining what we're doing. We try to keep it as low and as reasonable as possible. Like I said, it's lower than the, the previous two. So. Right. That's great. And I kind of want to dig into the history of both this levy and also the past couple to kind of figure out like what's exactly going on in the community. Sure, sure. But I think what's what's interesting in looking at the the fact that there is no inflationary spending there. We just hit the, I think, I forget the exact terminology, but we're five stars on our report card with Ohio. So if we're already doing pretty well with the money that we have, what is included in this levy then? I mean, do we need this levy from that perspective? That's a great, another great question. Because common sense, common sense would tell you that um, as your house value goes up, the schools are getting more money. That's what common sense would tell you. So why, why do you, why do you need to do this? But we don't we don't have that. The common sense doesn't play out. So we're not getting additional revenue. And so what we've done is an excellent job. We got five stars out of five categories on the report card. That's incredible. One of twelve districts in the entire state of Ohio. There's six hundred and seven districts. So Are you serious? Yes. We're in the top I say the top one point nine seven percent being who's a math guy. But who's counting? <laughs> right. There are about five hundred and ninety five other superintendents in the state of Ohio that would love to be here. Uh, because wow. our staff, it doesn't happen by accident. The staff, uh, we have a veteran teaching staff, all of our instructional aides, all of our support staff, all of our administrators. We work very, very hard. It doesn't happen by accident, obviously, because you only have 12 districts in the entire state that did it. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be able to achieve it. We're very, very proud of it. Um, it's something that we want to be able to maintain. So back to your question, why, you know, if you're doing so well, why do you need the additional money for the levy? Right. And that's that inflationary adjustment. And so the inflationary adjustment, um, 86% of our expenditures are what? They are people. Payroll, that's right. it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so salaries and benefits are 86%. Uh, what you want to do is adjust your revenue to adjust with the expenditures for your staff such that you stay at that 86%, right? So if we, uh, if we bump our revenues up, uh, we, can, we can look at doing what I think most people would say our staff deserves a cost of living adjustment every now and then. Typically, and it's nothing right. crazy, uh, 1%, 2%, whatever it may be. But when you do that, as soon as you say, yeah, they probably need a little bit of adjustment because they have families as well. As soon as you say that, you're saying, well, at some point you're going to need a levy because that means expenditures are ticking up while revenues are not. And so at some point, and it's been eight years since we've had a levy. It's been eight years. Uh, And the reason we've been able to extend it is because 47 staff members were cut two years, positions were cut two years ago. um, And... Also, uh, the one benefit of COVID, might be the only benefit of COVID, was we did receive um, 
COVID money from the mm-hmm. federal government, which was about $5.3 million. Mm-hmm. What we did as the district was we used the majority of that money to supplant staff salaries. And so that extended it, probably gave us another couple of years by eliminating 47 positions and getting that money. The issue we have right now is 47 positions amounts to 10% of my staff. Wow. Yeah. And so to we, we have about a $3.6 million deficit this school year, right? $3.6 million, say the average employee makes $70,000 uh, with salary and benefits, 70 or 80, we'll say 70. You're still looking at 50 more employees. That's the only thing we have left to uh, reduce expenditures with is, is people. Right. And so if you eliminate 50 positions, you've now eliminated 20% of your workforce and we're in uh, a business that y- you simply can't do it for the safety of kids. You you can't have a class size of 45 kids in a classroom. So uh, that's where it, it's tricky to to reduce expenditures for us in a school district. It means you're eliminating positions, and we've already eliminated 50, so we're in a tough spot. You're in a tough spot yeah. for it. Yeah. So looking at that first levy, that uh, was 2019, 2018, do you remember? Uh, I think it was might have been 19. 19? Okay. Yeah. So that was all about capital investment. They want to build a school. They want to do all these different things. There there was operating attached to it. Uh, okay. And I don't know the specifics of it. But I, to be honest with you, Nick, um, I hear about the history a lot as a new superintendent. I'm I'm here to, to develop a future. Right. Uh, and I want to make sure we do it in the proper way for our kids. But knowing a little bit about it, um, it was a large ask, and it was for capital improvements, uh, which is a bond, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to take bond out so you can build. Mm-hmm. But then an operating was attached to it. I think it was about 6.95 mills was operating. So that uh, was defeated. And then I believe the district came out the next year with a 6.9, just the 6.95 operating, uh, and that was defeated as well. And so when that operating levy was defeated, that's when those staff positions. That's what, okay, so it wasn't that first one that got Correct. defeated, it was that second one. Correct, right? yes. And I think that I, I talk for a lot of members in the community, too, of looking at, like, that first one was big, that second one was the operating one. Both of those failed because of they were tied together. They were, they were close together the entire thing, too. Right. But this isn't including any of that. This is just basically let's keep the lights on and keep our keep our teachers comped and, and supported. So, I mean, instead of it being this, like, growth strategy, it's kind of a ret- retention strategy of retain what we have right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like that viewpoint. It really is, uh, like I said, last year through the strategic visioning process, we've got a community that we do rely pretty heavily on the property taxes, and so we want to be respectful of that. And what we heard in the process was, we love what you're doing. I, I don't hear people say, well, the school's aren't doing what they need to do. I always hear great things about our staff and what we're doing here in the business that we're in, which is right. taking care of kids. And so what I heard was, uh, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And to do that, it takes a little bit of money as an inflationary adjustment, which is the $4.9 million. We also put in high school busing. Part of the cuts when that uh, levy, operating levy did not pass was high school busing. Uh, and so we would like to bring that back uh, simply because we do have families that struggle to get their kids to the high school oh, without the transportation. And you'll see Rich Road gets a little packed out there in the mornings <laughs> and the afternoons. So I think people would enjoy not having as much traffic as well. But 
I will always look at it from an educational standpoint first, but it is a business, and, and I am running a business, a $50 million a year business, so we have to make sure we're looking at both sides, what's the service we're providing and what, what's the value to the property homeowners. And, uh, I, again, I think it's a very – I know it's a very good bang for the buck. Um, and it's important for me as a superintendent – if I see a $3.6 million deficit looming and I need to do something, either cut expenditures or, or have additional revenue, I need to let the community tell me what I'm going to do before I do anything. And the way I ask is this, Levy. What, what is it that you want Loveland to look like, the school district? What do you want it to look like? And uh, uh, that's where we are. That's awesome. So it's, it's a different levy, different ballpark altogether than we've looked before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's a big point for, for a lot of the people in the community of this is this is a different thing. That's going well, yeah, on. and to your point, maybe I, I forgot to add, it, it's not about facilities at all, right? That That's going to be a completely in our strategic vision. Uh, the facility part is completely a different strategic planning that would go on. That may be five, ten years down the road, who knows. But this is let's just keep doing what we do for kids. I love that. And looking at the strategic vision that you mentioned a couple of times, what was that process like? Well, we wanted uh, w- when I took the position here, what I heard was um, a need for more communication, authentic communication, genuine communication. What are, what are we doing? Who are we? Why are we here? And so uh, Andrew Setters is uh, we were able to bring him in as our director of communications as well as community engagement. Uh, he was with Channel 5 for many years and really brings an expertise in in regards to uh, how do we listen to the community. And so the strategic vision, we put out a lot of information. We started newsletters. The community could join if they go to our website. They could go ahead and sign up for our community newsletter. It goes out once a month uh, just to stay up to date with everything that's going on. But we held three community informational sessions really so that we could invite the community. And, and that's the hard part, right, is it's easy to communicate to parents because they're invested, right? They've got kids in the school district. The hard, the harder part of the population is the population that doesn't necessarily get their principal's weekly newsletter or my weekly newsletter. It's the individuals that really uh, don't worry about the schools unless something bad happens or unless there's a levy. And so we invited the community in uh, for three informational sessions. We invited anybody in the community to join the design team for the strategic vision. Uh, we did not turn down a single person who asked to be on the design team. We had about about 125 to 130 individuals on the design team, which is big. Yeah. But it went very well. Uh, we had an outside individual come in simply because I wanted to be a part of the process. And so I was able to bounce around to the different groups, hear what they had to say. And again, Nick, I, I never heard disparaging comments about what we're delivering for kids and, and what we are doing for kids. There would be things, well, we could do this, could do that, and that's what I want to hear. But the overall experience is always a positive experience for, for our kids. And so the design team, we met, um, I want to say three, we met three times. So we started with what's it look like. And uh, I thought the, the facilitator started off with a great question. And uh, maybe I'll ask you, Nick, if you look back to when you were in school, mm-hmm. what is one thing that was in school at Turpin High School? No, Turpin talk. High School, 20, yeah. 2008. There you go. go into home, it. Dig home, in. Home of the Spartans. So when you were a Spartan, what is one thing that 
you experienced in school that is no longer in schools? Ooh, I have no idea because I don't really have a kid that's in the high schools. But let me just think about it. Um, busing is one of them for busing. sure, right? I got on a bus every single day, and it sounds like that was recently cut from the high school, so bus yeah, was a part yeah. of it. Um, for me, I think it's more about what's in it now that I didn't have. Oh, that's a good point. Right, yeah. because I think looking at it, the cell phones were not, I mean, they were not allowed, Correct. right? I mean, I was Correct. still the era that if you got caught with your cell phone out, you're in trouble. And the more teachers I talk to, the more that I realize that you either implement in your classwork, I mean, they're going to have them, right? Right. Um, and I think it's also like safety and security a little bit going into it True. as well. Like, yeah, I still point. feel like good I was point. kind of in that era to when there wasn't as much at least media attention that was going right. to the violence that's right. happening in schools yeah so probably those two but what kind of feedback did you get well from the, me, that, me, like, me being you know i'm probably what five or ten or thirty years older than you i'd but. say maybe seven seven <laughs> years the max yeah. uh for me i went straight to uh, and i taught you know 30 years ago chalkboards and uh, there's no chalkboards. There's no overheads. There's all, all of really? that. There's right. no, uh, you know, I, I was old enough that there was still swatting in school and all that. And so the point of that little exercise was, if you think schools can stay the same, society doesn't stay the same. And schools have to adapt yeah. to it. And so as you look at the strategic visioning process, where do we see schools going, right? And so a big part of there, there really were two ideas that came out of it. One was supporting our kids' mental health. Uh, right. And that, we were in the, the throes of COVID during the planning, and so you're looking at mental health and, uh, and how kids are being able to um, be social with each other and how that works. And it took a while for kids to learn how to play school again after, sure. after COVID. But the other part was career pathways. And so career pathways such that we were talking about Drew Spitzel a little bit earlier, who does a fantastic job here with our kids. But uh, as, a, as a father of a daughter who's in college right now, you don't want the, your child to go to college or go to in, into a, a program of work when they really have not even explored it. They don't know what it is. Right. So you're making that big investment. You don't even know if you like it or not. And so how do we bring in the career pathways into the schools and that's going to be a large focus moving forward. This year, we're kind of exploring it. And what's in, we've already got a great program in place, but how do we make it even more, more, uh, uh, even stronger for our kids so that they can experience things? So. I think that very much wraps up the entire idea of where are we coming from in terms of a school district and sure. also some of the idea of what's included in this levy, the idea of do we need to fix what's not broken? But again, this is more of a retention thing. Is there any other messaging that you're having conversations with a lot of people in the community or that came out in that strategic vision and planning process that you're implementing into this levy? Well, uh, the implementation of the levy to maintain what we're doing to bring high school busing, I also threw in five uh, additional teacher positions if mm -hmm. needed. Okay. And the reason for that is over COVID, public school districts saw a little dip in enrollment because parents were concerned about health and, and so forth. So what you're probably going to see, what I would predict you're going to see, is a little bump up in enrollment. And so we want to make sure our class sizes are appropriate. So we worked in, uh, and the reason we even put it in there, if you look at other school districts, they're not going to put that um, parameter in there. I want to make sure that the the community knows we we watch those every single day. We that that is our that's our expense, right? That mm -hmm. that's that's where it works. So, uh, but we want to have the flexibility. I don't want to have a second grade classroom that has thirty three kids in it. We want to have right. the flexibility for that teacher to be able to deliver the instruction. So, other than that, uh, it really is. Let's let's just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, we're doing a great job. We're 
one of the 12 districts out of the entire state of Ohio that was able to get the five stars um, doing what we do. And so let's just keep keep doing it. Nice. I love that. Now I want to ask one personal question you before, before we hop yeah. off here. You were Anderson Township. So you were Anderson principal before this, yes. right? Uh, well, I was the Anderson principal, then assistant superintendent for Forest Hills. Oh, for Forest Hills. I didn't know. That's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. So are you the snow day guy, first off? is like, Are you the person who calls a snow day? <laughs> well, uh, last year we had a Bengals uh, Super Bowl snow day. Oh, I don't there know if you go. knew that or not. In the throes of COVID, so right. kind of helped both. Uh, I actually grew up in Northeast Ohio where there, there's a lot of snow, right. uh, but snow days, I think, uh, we have our business manager, John Ames, uh, drive around, see how it's gone. But more importantly, I have a lot of kids tweet at me to let me I know. I was going to say, so is John the guy then that we need to bribe for <laughs> yeah, snow days? That, okay. He would be the man. And then, uh, we make the ultimate call, but, uh, it, it comes down to really a lot of it's timing, you right. know, if it, if it uh, but uh, yeah, I forget how many we had. We had a few last year. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then my follow-up question is: You you were leading a successful career, right? You were you were a principal, you were uh-huh. superintendent, and then you looked at Loveland. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go throw myself in a community that that just had two levy defeats. What were you thinking? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> for me, my career has always been about trying to make a difference, and I think when you're in a position, like I love being a high school principal, absolutely loved it. But I think for me, as, as you develop a comfort level for what you're doing, I'm ready for the next challenge. And so as the assistant superintendent, I led a large construction project, did all the HR for a thousand employees and, and developed a comfortability there that I'm just ready for the next challenge. So then you look at what community um, do I fit and Loveland, whether you, whether you realize it or not, Loveland and Forest Hills are very, very similar. And then I uh, spent my first 23 years in a community, uh, North Royal, up in Cleveland, that is exactly a similar district. The Ohio Department of Education uh, links those two districts together as similar communities. And so I, I believe that I just uh, it's a good fit. It's a good fit for me, my ideals, uh, and what I believe in, I believe the Loveland community believes in. And uh, uh, a lot of that comes down to, to your point, uh, I had a pretty successful career going. I could have stayed where I was, but Loveland to me was a place I would love to finish the career and just just see great things happen. And I think we're, we're right there and we're ready to roll. 